to another bonus episode slash exclusive episode. I haven't figured out my favorite name for it. Uh, but also there's going to be two versions of this episode. So if you're listening to the full version, it means you are a exclusive episode subscriber. And I appreciate your support. Uh, you know, you're helping me in more tangible ways that allows me to spend more time on this and kind of explore this and just really appreciate that. But I also appreciate the people in the other version uh, by just you taking the time to listen to me. And I hope you all, everyone listening, take something away from this. But yeah, this is split up into two parts. If you want the full version of this, um, use one of the links in whatever description I have wherever you're listening to, and you can get the full version. That's either at you know Apple Podcasts or you can also go to the Substack link, and you'll also have the audio feed there. You can get an RSS feed to that. But yes, let's talk about today's episode. Um, today's episode is going to be my red book. It's kind of the, uh, my introduction to it and the mystery of the snow-covered lodge. Um, yeah, so it's going to be separated into two parts because one of the parts is going to be me explaining what the red book is, kind of my motivation for doing it this way, Carl Jung's red book, the the background on that, and how I kind of plan on doing my own interpretation of that for myself and for my exploration of my you know, psyche, my unconscious, my perception of consciousness and, and exploring that through this method, uh, that kind of Carl Jung used because it's a, it's a method that resonated with me, which is why I'm doing it. Um, but the second part will be my, kind of my first vision that I interpreted and that'd be kind of the, the beginning of the journey. Um, and part of that second part is exclusive to the exclusive episode listeners. However, I always make sure if I post something like a, you know, the free version, essentially, I always make sure it's still worthwhile. I don't want to waste anyone's time. So there's still, I would, I would hope nuggets of, of contemplation and things to think about and, you know, teach it like me teaching something and, and educating all that good stuff. Right. So anyway, enough of that introduction stuff. Let's enter the labyrinth. Okay, so first part, introduction to the Red Book. So I want to begin with a disclaimer because everything I, t- I speak about um, in, in these kind of posts or audio posts or episodes about my personal Red Book is not me claiming I have any special abilities. I want to get that out of the way because sometimes the language use might get a little weird because I'm talking about my dreams or visions or any type of journeys or explorations, whatever it is. It can sound mystical at times, and I, I, I want this is why I want to put the disclaimer in because I want people to understand my interpretation of it, and also I'm not trying to create this to make myself appear as an authority figure. I am not special. I am not unique. This is just my way of having a fun way of exploring my unconscious. I'm not claiming any anything special. I am nobody special. I really want to get that point across. I don't want to, you know, have people perceive me as having this arrogance for doing it this way. This is something I like, and I'm just making it public uh, because, you know, I don't mind making it public. And I think I wish more people would would do stuff like this and, and making it public if if they feel comfortable doing so. So, yeah, that's what I'm I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah, so I'll never claim, like I said, I will never claim to talk with being separate from my mind. 
nor when I speak about spirits, beings, or gods, am I assuming an external reality for them. These are expressions and experiences of my mind through my own dreams and visions. We all have them. I'm simply expressing mine through this method. And as I said, I, I really resonate with Carl Jung's method. I've read a lot of Carl Jung's work. I actually don't agree with everything that Carl Jung says. I'm not like a disciple of Carl Jung, right? I just, I like his method. It's what resonates with me. Um, kind of the exploration of the unconscious through dreams and visions. That's what I like doing. And, and also through the written form and speaking form. And I'm also going to try to do some drawing stuff as well and, and, and art, that version of art as well. I don't know how public I'll make that stuff because I'm a little bit embarrassed on my abilities on that. I'm more comfortable with uh, um, putting out my writing into the world because I feel like I, I'm better at expressing myself through that method because I still want what I put out there. You know, I still filter it in some way. So I want to be mindful of that. But like I said, this is my means of expressing my vulnerability. And I wish to motivate others to find their own means of expression. And I'm just doing it this way. And I hope this helps motivate people to, you know, take on the journey if they feel inclined. Um, you know, you're not alone in this. And that's, and that's what I want to get across. And but yeah, I want to start with a quote, you know, nice little quote to begin from, or a quote from Carl Jung's Red Book. And I quote, be silent and listen. Have you recognized your madness and do you admit it? Have you noticed that all your foundations are completely mired in madness? Do you not want to recognize your madness and welcome it in a friendly manner? You wanted to accept everything. So accept madness too. Let the light of your madness shine and it will suddenly dawn on you. Madness is not to be despised and not to be feared, but instead you should give it life. If you want to find paths, you should also not spurn madness since it makes up such a great part of your nature. Be glad that you can recognize it, for you will thus avoid becoming its victim. Madness is a special form of the spirit and clings to all teachings and philosophies, but even more to daily life since life itself is full of craziness and at bottom utterly illogical. Man arrives towards reason only so that he can make rules for himself. Life itself has no rules. That is its mystery and its unknown law. What you call knowledge is an attempt to impose something comprehensible on life. Close quote. So my book or my red book or my labyrinth, which I'm expressing through these episodes is a personal examination of my psyche. So to that, I say, welcome to those listening. And I appreciate you taking the time or at least attempting to, to <laughs> listen to this kind of sort of, uh, experiment. Um, yeah, but first I, what I want to do is, you know, what is Carl Jung's red book? You know, it's the personal examination of Jung's personal psyche, his, you know, own personal tool or Bible into his creative mind through his examination. He encounters parts of him and and a collective unconscious within himself through dreams and visions. For him, this included moments where the contents of his unconscious mind forced themselves into his conscious spectrum. Thus... After reading uh, the Red Book for a second time on my end, I finally felt the urge to kind of create my own. You know, as Carl Jung asked all of his patients to do. Thus, I'll be also be examining myself through much of the same means. You know, creative expression based on my visions and dreams, and and finding those unconscious contents. You know, and that's my goal, and I, and I plan to do that through a lot of that through my you know writing format. You know, I'll mostly be sharing my visions. Um, dreams and my interpretations of them, you know, and, and that's, and that's the other point I want to get across. Uh, you know, I posted, I posted something on Reddit about this or my first, the, the written version of this in the, in the post, 
Um, and I got some criticism and, and, and I, that's why, you know, that's why I go to Reddit sometimes because you know, you're going to get criticism because Reddit is probably one of the more, I would say <laughs> intellectual, uh, parts of the internet and social media, but they're also probably the toughest and too much so at times. But, um, you know, I think some of them interpreted that I was going to basically be copying the red book in some sense, or like my goal was to come to the same understandings as Carl Jung. That is not my goal. I am simply using the method. And that means that I'm going to see where this method takes me within my own mind. I'm not trying to come to the same realizations as Carl Jung. I'm not trying to have the same visions. I'm not trying to make the same connections. I'm not trying to have, you know, because like Carl Jung's work was heavily motivated by his red book. Okay. And that, and that's like the point, like his work was motivated by that because he explored his mind and that's what his work in, in academia and, and is with his patients. That's what it became. Uh, so I don't expect to come to those same conclusions because I'm a different person. I have a different history. I have a different background. I have a different, you know, interests. So I want to see what comes up within myself using the similar methods because I relate to Carl Jung's. I have, you know, similar, um, not experience. I don't think that's the right word, but, but, um, vivid dreams, uh, vivid visions. And I enjoy interpreting them and trying to understand them and, and, and maybe the various beliefs and, and connections they come from. So that's that's really the point I want to get across. Is it's not me trying to come to the same. I'm not trying to be Carl Jung. I don't want to be Carl Jung. I think that's boring to try to become some of these gurus. I want to find my own perspective, my own interpretation, and and see where that goes. So that's a little bit of a rant there, but I wanted to address that because I know people listening that are fans of Jung. Uh, I, I know that thoughts can be popping up within their minds, but however, so the drawings will come when I'm, I'm kind of more uncomfortable with my expression of them. I do think that's an important piece of it. I don't, you know, of seeing your dreams. I might use different methods of art. I want some sort of visual aspect to add to this. Uh, but from, you know, starting out, I'm just going to be very much, uh, heavily writing based as I develop that and, and become comfortable. You know, I, I, I like to be vulnerable to an extent, I guess you could say. But yeah, at the moment, my writing allows me to kind of provide a more accurate representation of my psyche. Now, I feel compelled to provide a couple of clarifiers. You know, I'm not a Jungian or I kind of already alluded to this and I'm not a disciple of his. I think he got many things wrong. And as he would admit himself, yet I find his methods of examining the psyche helpful. You know, also I enjoy reading his work and I do believe there's profound wisdom and understanding of the self to be found inside the depths of ourselves by utilizing the means uh, Jung spoke about. You know, and Jung was a, made a great improvement upon Freud's idea of the subconscious and I agree with a lot of Jung stuff on that and that's why I want to explore it because it, I think there is a, is a, a reality within the unconscious, essentially, right? So there's wisdom to be found in finding our way and creating our method of individuation. So in the case of myself, the written form with the occasional drawing is something I connect with, you know? That's thus, you know, I want to take the journey. So what are my other motivations? You know, I enjoy doing interpretations of my dreams, visions, and, and unconscious, subconscious thoughts that come about throughout various moments, nights, and, and times in my day-to-day. You know, I find it meaningful and important to cultivate an understanding of these moments to better understand the mechanisms of my own mind. So in this process, I hope to help others do the same, you know, make them feel comfortable doing the same. 
being okay with the vulnerability and, and sometimes the insecurity. Now, I'll gradually exp- be gradually explaining this kind of process throughout. And I don't think I'm going to be covering everything in this because I think it, ways of explaining this will pop up throughout as I do it. Um, but part of this process is is kind of symbol creation for the sense of meaning making. You know, and, and examples for me and stuff you will probably read about throughout this process. For me, I've have lots of dreams and visions and moments of, you know, even in life coming out of and you know, synchronicity moments that I kind of like to play around with and, and make meaning out of. Um, ravens are a big one for me, you know. Uh, often when I encounter these kind of beautiful creatures, it leads me down to kind of a new pattern of thinking that kind of alters my perspective. Uh, also, within my dreams, I often see this black-haired, blue-eyed woman that routinely shows up in my visions and dreams. It could be my anima. I don't want to – I'm not really comfortable uh, including that yet because that's a very Carl Jungian thing and I don't necessarily want to – to dictate that yet. So I'm just putting that as like a little asterisk question mark, but it could be. Uh, another symbol that pops up for me is octopuses. I haven't really had dreams about octopuses, but um, octopuses have always been something I've been drawn towards. So that's more of a external world thing I've been pulled towards. Um, and then e- Egyptian mim- imagery that I've never studied or heard of is like popping up into my visions and dreams. That's been a common occurrence of mine. Uh, so that's something I want to explore. Another one is Nordic mythology. I routinely have visions of an Odin-like figure with the patch and everything, um, like this like black robe and very, very Nordic mythology-like um, that comes in. Often connects with the ravens as well, so that'll be – see how that pops up as well. That's kind of give you like a preview of some of the stuff I've already experienced, but now I'm kind of doing a more uh, methodical approach to this. Also – I might call my red book The Labyrinth just because I, I think part of the reason the, that Reddit post kind of triggered some people was they heard the red books. So they immediately think I'm just trying to do the whole red book thing like Carl Jung, but this is my own interpretation of it. So, And I love the word The Labyrinth. This is why the podcast is now called Enter the Labyrinth. Uh, so yeah, I want to explore that as well. So I'm allowing these expressions of me to come out as I want, you know, or as I want out. But it's hard for me to say they are me. And that's the other thing I want to explore. You know, why? What, you know, it, it's tough or it's, it's, it's as though uh, there are other versions of me or expressions of me or personas of me. Thus, like Jung, I want to have a dialogue with my inner psyche. So essentially this becomes about living or diving into my unconscious mind. And in the process of doing that, I hope it subliminally brings you along for the ride. So this is where I say, you know, Enter at your own risk, right? You know, because it is a voyage of discovery into the deepest depths of my subconscious and unconscious, and I hope you enjoy it. And like I said, it's another thing. I really love that I posted this on Reddit because it gave me a lot of things to address that I didn't originally address in this post. Um, I'm obviously going to have a filter. There's going to be visions that I have and dreams that I have that I am not going to be comfortable sharing because they are too personal to me and too vulnerable for me. I am not an idiot. I am aware of what the internet represents, what the internet is. You know, I am give, I'm still, I'm, though I'm trying to be vulnerable with my presentation, I am still mindful of what the internet is and what putting something out publicly is. And at the end of the day, what I put out on the internet and what I create in content throughout the various, wherever you follow me or wherever you found me from, I have a filter system. 
You are getting the version of me that I'm willing to put on the internet. I try to be authentic with the content I create and what I put out there, but you're still getting the persona I've created for the internet. It is not exactly me. So that means I am not comfortable sharing everything. And I think that's normal and okay. Maybe at some point, maybe I'll have like, <laughs> I don't know if this is getting way too ahead of myself, but I've already thrown out the idea to myself of I'm, I'm cause it's still being journaled. Everything I, I find important is being journaled and, and written about, you know, maybe that's something I'll have released when I die. If anyone gives a shit at that point, but I think that'd be a fun thing. But yeah, there's, like I said, it's going to be filtered. Um, but it's going to be, I'm going to push my limits a bit as well. So I want to be, say that also. Um, but yeah, so, all right. The Lodge. This is the next part. Phase two, step two, part two, the Lodge on the Mountain. So I want to start with a quote by, uh, Charles Boo Bukowski. Uh, I, I love listening to him, by the way. He's, he's a great writer. Um, but anyway, I quote, some people never go crazy. What truly horrible lives they must live, close quote. So madness marked the death of my youthful ignorance and with it, the death of true sanity. Yet knowing this, we are pulled to shun acts of supposed insanity. You know, when we witness the madness of others, we become one with the absurd. You know, our grasp at sanity becomes done or undone through our own tunneling of chaos. But what awaits beyond the tunnel? So maybe this book for me, is about rebelling against my own madness, where I choose not to despise or fear it. I interpret it. I make meaning out of it. I give it importance. So this become, but this book or this these episodes, or this podcast, however, I don't know how I want to describe it. It becomes my method of giving my madness a life, an outlet, and and a place to be understood, a playground to play in. You know, there's the mystery, uh, giving a voice to the incomprehensible by imposing life into it to provide even a slight bit of comprehensibility. You know, even if it's for only a moment, clarity for a moment, momentary. But to free myself from the madness, the spirit must come out. So, vision one. My feet are frozen, stuck in place like concrete as they stand placed on a mountainside. I'm left stranded, naked, confused, but curious. The snow is all around me. The world silent and still. I find myself looking up at the mountain in front of me, the snow-covered peak stretching out for miles behind it. I'm reminded that I'm alone with only myself, myself and my thoughts. But then suddenly I feel the urge to look down the summit, you know, maybe taking a moment before my ascent. I see a light. The human-shaped figure is moving towards me. As I, as I continue closer, the darkness fades as they ascend into sight. Finally, I see them. She stood there before me with her dark hair and piercing blue eyes, dressed in black and much more prepared for the weather than I was. <laughs> uh, and the woman had, had returned. The recurring woman that soon, I should probably name soon, you know. She stood there and, and reminded me, merely with her presence, that I am not alone. You know, warmth flooded my naked body as she moved closer to me. Her long black hair was tied up into a messy ponytail with strands falling around her face like wisps of smoke, enhancing her piercing stare. So I found it difficult to look into her eyes for fear what they will, that they'll pull me in. It's like a presence to them, right? Yet her eyes have spoken to me within, without words ever being said. So she grabs my hand, never having touched me before. And as she stares at me with those eyes, her other arm points up the mountain. I see a single house with a single light. 
I look back to the woman. She looks at me and nods before giving me her smirk, almost devilish in nature, um, and then just disappears. So the snow is howling against me, whipping against my body and hair mercilessly. But the house atop the mountain beckons me forward. So I climb forward with the hopes this place will allow me to make sense of my confusion. Because I am super fucking confused at this point because I'm kind of aware that I'm dreaming. But the snow kept blowing around me as I trudged through the knee-high drifts to find my way closer to the cabin. But as I approach the snow-covered cabin, there's this this feeling of dread that comes over me, almost all-consuming. Yet I found myself compelled to enter. So as I enter, I see a figure standing over the roaring fireplace. And this ends the, the, I hate using the word free version, but the, the version, because the next part gets a little more vulnerable, I guess is the best way to say it. So I put some, I have a whole explanation of why I do this more vulnerable stuff behind the paywall. It's kind of the, not the greatest method of doing it, but it, it, it's something I, I kind of need to do to help keep the lights on and. Also, it kind of acts as like a rough filter system of people that are open and and understanding of what I'm attempting to do, uh, right? But anyway, yeah. So if you want the, the continued story and, and all the full versions of this and all the other bonus episode feeds, subscribe and you can have it. But if not, that's okay. You can share, like it, send me your feedback. I just appreciate people listening in general. But as always... Thank you, and I will talk to you next time. But you still need to get the fuck out of my lab. <laughs>